millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imaginations shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with a filmmaker from Ireland who has been referred to as being a bit of a maverick. We get into that in our conversation. Uh, Liam and I had a great time talking about his delightful uh, and really fun and engaging new film called Lost and Found. It, it, it's this series of, of, of disconnected but really quite intimately connected stories. And uh, you're going to want to track this one down. Uh, online. I'm sure it's available. In fact, I know it's available video on demand in a variety of different formats. And, and Liam is, is making uh, his way across the country and, and, and getting word on the street about this delightful uh, new film that he's made called Lost and Found. We talk, we talk about relationships. We, we, we talk about uh, train stations and, and how important they really are in this, this thing called life and, and the difference between true stories and fictional stories and what does that actually mean? How true? I mean, what are we actually talking about here? How, how, how we, we get into how everything is actually connected. And again, once, you know, sorry folks, and, and Liam's going to be rolling his eyes right now, but we do, you know, all roads, as you well know, I believe all roads lead back to you to you too. We talk about real people and and real conversations and and the little things and and how important uh, they really are. And you know, this film is it, it's about it's about incrementalism. It's about the splash and ripple effect. It's about paying attention uh, to others. And you know, Liam talks about this. We live in a time when 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 people don't actually really talk to each other, and that's kind of one of the starting. Uh, points for for this story for his screenplay and, and for his film so stay tuned for liam omakan and 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 this conversation around this film lost and found uh don't forget davidpecklife.com for more information about my writing my speaking you can find out uh, more about there you can book me to speak at a, an event coming up 
I would love to be there. Uh, you can also support the work that we're doing on Face to Face through uh, Patreon.com. And if you can't get behind us financially, which I totally understand, would love for you to leave a quote or a comment uh, or a thumbs up. What is it, five stars? I mean, come on. It's got to be five stars uh, on uh, iTunes or, or Spotify or Google Play. That would be really appreciated. And don't forget rabble.ca for more interviews and blogs and articles and people talking about things that matter. Coming right up, Liam Omicon and uh, a conversation about his new film, Lost and Found. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. Uh, well, well, he's kind of living, I guess, in a couple of time zones right now. Liam Omicon is here with us today to talk about his new film, Lost and Found. Liam, thanks for, thanks for taking the time out today. Thank you, David, for having me on your program. You're, tra- you're traveling the world, so Ireland to, to, to film festivals all over the place. I would imagine you're currently in New York, and you're staying in a pretty special hotel. I would love for you to tell uh, the, our listeners yeah, where the I've, heck you I'm, are right I'm now. Staying, yeah, I'm staying in a little hotel in the Chelsea area of New York called the Jane Hotel, and it's got a very sort of special history about it. it um, it's where all the survivors from the Titanic stayed in 1921 after the Titanic went down. And they had to stay here until they had received their compensation or their redress um, from the Starline or the company, the, 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 the company that, you know, that owned the ship. Mm-hmm. As well as that, all the rooms are like cabins on a train or on a boat, but particularly like a train. So you have single rooms where it's like I'm in a, in a room with a single bed and the room is barely the size of another half a bed maybe. The right. whole wall on one side is, is, is mirror to make the room look bigger, which it doesn't, because you're still, you're still in a small room. You've got a TV at the end of the bed. So you kind of come in, you lie down, you watch your TV, you go to sleep, and you're gone. And it's just, it's like a pod. It sounds, it's, it's, it's fantastic, a, it, but it, it sounds like a few hotels rooms I've stayed in Hong Kong before. Really tiny. I remember staying in one that people affectionately referred to as the Orange Hotel, and the door would open and it would bang into the bed. I mean, that's how small it was. I've, I've lived in studio apartments in Dublin when I moved to Dublin first that were even smaller than this. But what I just thought was kind of funny, I only realized when I was talking to you that, that uh, you know, the fact that I made a film that's set in around a train station and then I happened to stay in this place. I stay here every time I come to New York, and I've stayed here probably eight or nine times now over the last 10 years, and it only just hit me that I've made a film about trains or around trains, and I'm staying in train carriages it's, in New York. It's fantastic. I love that kind of... Well, that's interesting, you know, and I think it's a beautiful segue into the film, too, and, 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 and frankly, just the business of life. I mean, isn't that what Lost and Found is really all about? And by the way, uh, congratulations on a wonderful film film it's beautiful it's fun it's whimsical it's 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 playful and um some real laugh out loud moments too but it's a real it's a really a charming lovely piece it's quirky everything i do has a quirky edge to it even when i try and do something serious really serious that people tell me oh you've made a comedy i was like no no i i made a drama it's a comedy i was like really but yeah i mean with this film i wanted to go back to back to sort of uh, a time without giving it any setting of any particular place or time, even though people would recognize places in Ireland in the movie. I just kind of wanted to go to a time when people actually talked to each other. People sort of cared, mm. you know, without me sounding like a, you know, a, 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 a religious person, which I'm not really at all, but I am kind of into, you know, talking to people and, and starting people off at a hundred percent. And then it's up to them to stay there. 
So I wanted to go back to a time when people actually cared about each other and looked out for each other and don't walk past somebody on the street that's in distress. Also, I wanted a film that didn't really have any technology in it because, mm. you know, it is kind of tiring when you go into a restaurant and you look at, you know, people at a table and sometimes you'll see a family of five or six people and they're all on their phones. They're not right. talking to each other anymore. So that's what I want to do. I wanted to tell different stories about different people in a small community that you may or may not know or you may recognize and, um, and just give each story the time for the story to be told, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and how intentional were you? I mean, here you are sitting in a hotel room. There's a connection to travel and trains and history and, and, and just the, port, the importance and the power of story. How intentional was it for you? You know, I mean, come on, the metaphor of the train tracks. I mean, this is a, this is a road movie of a particular sort, isn't it? It is a road movie that where nobody, nobody leaves, really, that's, except that's, for the girl right. who's getting married. And she... So, like, we filmed five of the stories in an area called a Port Arlington train station area like in the in the community of Port Arlington and two of the stories in Dublin and um, so yes the the train tracks you know are kind of like without being cliched the train tracks are like the veins or the in you know the 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 blood vessels into your heart so they're going everywhere and that's kind of like without trying to be too smart and you know <laughs> uh, have symbols and symbiotic um, uh, you know what I mean that's kind of what it is and with trains you don't know where you're going to go they, they, mm. well you do kind of know where you're going but it's it's you know the possibilities are endless when you have sure. so many different tracks going to different places the same way you have lots of different people and people are all going their own journey but sometimes they cross over on each other and that's kind of what happens in this one um with a lot of um portmanteau films or anthology films you will have a team and the theme is is either like with the, with the parish of Ham in New York, I love you. It's all about love, or you have a location as a theme, um, or you might have some other kind of theme like you know with shortcuts. This film is one of very few films where actually it shares characters. Characters jump from story to story. You don't know when, you don't know how. Yeah, it's it's true. How how important was it to you to be to be able to say at the beginning of the film inspired by true stories? I mean, because I guess the, the, and there's a reason I asked that because I well anyway maybe you should just respond to that and then we can talk about this notion of truth without getting too, um, too well because I kind of wanted because I think people are interested in true stories and they're interested and sometimes people are more interested if they see that it's true they, it's, and they also want to find out they want to find out okay what happened to that person how did you find out about that, sto- that story and I just and, and actually, it, hap- it, didn't, it wasn't meant to be that way. It is just by chance that the stories I chose happened to be ones that I'd heard about or seen mm. or happened to me. And I just thought, so when I was halfway through writing the different stories, sort of, um, you know, um, breaking them down or just writing them on my, my board of, you know, which stories were coming before which, I, I realized that most of them were inspired by true stories. So... It's only then when I came to the end and they all were, I went, okay, well, I should really put that, you know, that tag on it, inspired by true stories, because it is, you know? Yeah, there's just something kind of interesting to me, too, about, and, and I agree, it, there's, it's funny how people will watch a film and they say, oh, it was, you know, it, it was pretty historically accurate, or, or boy, that film about Churchill was bang on, you know, they'll say that as if they're surprised, but what's, what's interesting yeah. to me is the philosophical sort of idea that, that if it's a fictional piece, it can't be true. And that's always, yeah. <laughs> that's just so not the case, right? Any great fiction it always points to truth of, of a particular sort, it does, right? But at the same time, you might have a documentary. And documentaries are usually, you know, are based on, but they're always 
pretty much based on on real things, real events, real people. But you can you can change documentary both in editing, well mostly in editing, and you could tell a completely different story mm, to what the real story is, and you can stretch the truth to a huge extent. You know, so and I I use the term inspired by because. I didn't want to use based because based basically means it is completely based on something. Inspired by means that it could be an event or it could be a story. Um, and I just thought, well, that's kind of more appropriate. And also because I changed a lot of stuff, you mm. know, in some of the stories. I changed them to suit the narrative of my story, of what I wanted to do. So but, this... but then some other ones are really, could be based, could be use the word based because they're very much based. <clears throat> but overall, I just thought it was a better tag. You, you tell 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 our listeners a little bit about about the film, uh, or at least as much as you'd like. I mean, this is a, this is a real labor of love for you in some respects. By the sounds of it, what little research I did, and I mean, there's and I love and I was going to say, you know, you, you know, tell us a little bit about how much of you is in the film. I mean, you star in the film, of course. You're writing it, you're directing it, you're producing it. So I guess a lot of you is there, but a but, lot of me is in it. Yeah, it's, it's seven. It's seven stories, seven yep. interconnected stories. Um, each one has a main character, and those main characters ad- appear in at least one other story, sometimes three stories. I felt I needed somebody that would be in all of the stories, so mm. my character uh, gets a job in the lost and found office of the train station, and that particular story is set over one day, and everybody who comes in over that one day with an item, or they've lost an item, are the main characters of the other stories. And I just kind of felt like that somebody should connect them as well. So my character, Daniel, is a lead in two of the stories, and it's a support in another one, and then it has a cameo in the other ones. So you don't know where he's going to turn up. But, you know, it is the lead character, but he's only in half of the movie. There's about 21 main characters um, in the movie as well, but he's the only one that appears in all seven. So why, why a lost and found? Because, um, well, I love trains, from the age of eight, I just absolutely love trains, and I just I want to do something around them. I want to do something around short movies and and something like that. And I just found Lost and Found offices just really intriguing because you just don't know what people are going to hand in. <laughs> right. you, you just don't know. I mean, yep. I did yep. research on different Lost and Found offices around the world, and the most uh, amazing stuff, you know, from swords, you know, like people with swords and guns and you're kind of going okay but crutches and wheelchairs and you're like how did somebody get off the train and (laughs) not notice that their wheelchair is not there was it a compensation um situation where you know somebody is pretending to you know need the crutches and uh you know or or the the wheelchair and then just completely forgot that they had it with them wedding dresses apparently as well and um, you know, the child thing, the child being dropped into the lost and found office is, um, that didn't happen in a lost and found office, but it happened uh, where there was a child that was meant to be picked up by its parent somewhere in mid-America um, from a kindergarten, and the driver of the bus that was bringing the kids home didn't know what to do, so he dropped the child off, as you do, to a homeless shelter. And I just thought, wow, that is so weird, that's so strange. And I read that story and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to maybe, what's the most unusual thing or, uh, you know, mm. that you could bring in? Not that a child is a thing. And I just thought it also kind of has a bit of humor in it as well of where, what do you put it into? Do you put it into the lost or the found? That's you know? right. Yeah. Which, so which, that, which comes out in, just, in a film, which is great. Yeah. What, but what that's I, just one incident, you know. 
what I love about the lost and found for me, I mean, I've certainly been to a few and, uh, you know, every now and then I'm in my kid's school, you walk by the lost and found and it's near the end of the year, it's just piled up. And, you know, every single one of those items and objects has a story, right? And I mean, that's what's kind of so beautiful about how, like, this, yeah. there's this holistic edge to your film that I so loved. We're all connected in some crazy way, right? I mean, you stand, we and then, are, yeah. you, you know, you stand on a train tracks, and, and it's kind of cliche, like you said, but you look into the distance in the horizon, the train tracks meet, you know? And I just, I love that idea as well, as, as I was reflecting on the film and our conversation, and there's just something really beautiful to me about, you know, your comment about that these are, what was it about how a time when people talk to each other, right? <laughs> This is yeah. about this this film for me uh Liam is this is about real people you know this is about real stories yeah. It is about real people and real stories and a time you know like uh, one of the reviewers somewhere in Ireland um last year when it came out said that it kind of reminded her of like a 1970s movie uh, mm. because you know there's no technology you're just allowing the story to tell itself and sometimes it's quite long, you know, takes. They're not that long, but, you know, that you're just, you're allowing, the, you're allowing it to pace itself, sure, to, to sure. do its own thing, and you're not in a hurry. It's not that it's necessarily a slow movie either, you know? Sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's just, you know, I don't know. I can't explain my own sort of style, you know, or if I have a style, you know what I mean? Because everybody has a style, or maybe you don't have a style. Maybe what you, your style is not having a style I don't know um, but that it reminded her of the 1970s and then somebody else in another review said it very much reminded them of a, a European or, or a Eastern European sort of movie particularly the, the tent story you know hmm. Yeah, the Ted story. Yeah, the Ted story is really great. Um, and and by that point, I think you've already stolen the red jacket, have you not? From the Lost and Found, is that I have right? stolen the red jacket. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, fantastic. By the way, I don't I don't have that red jacket anymore. My <laughs> wife threw it out recently because I had, well, we filmed for five years and then I, you know in post production for a year and then the last two years going to film festivals and releasing it in different countries. The jacket is is now you know it's it's it was rugged and and ragged and it had lost its red color. I did want to hold on to it, but she threw it out. So what, yeah, what are you going to do? Well, it's just so lovely how it just kind of re- resurfaces, right? There's no reference to it. You don't, you don't comment nope, on it. No one does. You don't always need that. It's yeah. just, I think it turns up in about three different stories. Also, I, I do have... Um, I do still have the Hawaiian shirt. Ah. I'm, I'm glad to take that out every now and again. That's a real keeper, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have it. Yeah, she doesn't like that one either. No, I'm sure she doesn't. Um, uh, there might be a social media campaign developed around that uh, that Hawaiian shirt. There might be, yeah. yeah. And when um, it's when it's um, when it's going to be when it when it comes out um, at home on demand at some point. Or no, it's it's on demand. Um, I I wore. I wore the Hawaiian shirt when we put the movie on just to annoy her, you know? Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, quick question, just because uh, I am one, um, and I don't assume everyone is, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big U2 fan. And, um, I, okay, go, go ahead. You can go, you can go sideways on U2 if you want, whatever. Yeah, but, no, I, I love U2's music. Okay. Um, I think I had the same conversation with a guy from Boston last night oh, okay. in a bar in New York. And yep. he was just, he, he had quite a few, he had a good few drinks. He was a little bit inebriated. So he kept saying the same thing as if he had dementia. You know, I love you too. Everybody loves you too. They're the biggest <laughs> band in America, the biggest band in the world. I said, listen, I, I love the music. I just wish Bono would just stop going on and on and on. And I think the reason that we got pissed off with Bono in particular, and not the rest of them, is the 
you know, it's a, a bit of hypocrisy mm. of telling us what to do, telling us where to put money and telling us how to help everybody, which is a fair point. And then you go and you just you move your taxes to any which right, place right, that you want. Right. Now, you can do that, and there's not a problem doing that. But just don't be preaching to others how to right. spend their money and what to do with their money, and then you don't do it yourself. So fair. I think that's the only thing, whereas, you know, the music is great. Fair, fair point. Um, um, but clear, um, yeah, and I've heard, I've heard kind of in Ireland, you're either, you either are supportive of the band or you kind of don't like the band at all. But there was a but moment... I think you can like, you can like uh, music and you can like an artist, but not necessarily agree with, oh. at times, their ideology. You know? And we don't have absolutely. a problem. With, the rest of the guys have as, nearly as much money and it doesn't really bother us because they're not telling us what to do. They're not preaching. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody likes a preacher. <laughs> That's right. Um, a hypocritical preacher. Yeah, nobody likes that, right? But there's a moment where somebody says, and I can't remember who it is, it might even have been your character, and it just made me think of, of you two. You said, amazing what people leave behind. And that you know that album they had back in, I don't know when it was, 2001, All That You Can't Leave Behind. And that, that, that to me is just this beautiful again this beautiful thought and uh, notion about, yeah, about your film they have, real they have people, great music you know real people and and it what matters is you know treating other people like like human beings right we we need to we need to we need to stop we need to listen and and uh, yeah. is it is it liam carney's character who plays um um the beggar uh yeah eddie it's eddie right Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, we the need em- to stop. We're going too fast. We're going too fast, and we're not paying. And, and what's so beautiful about the way you tell that portion of the story, you kind of don't really know what's going on until until you're really engaged. And I think the empathy that, that you drew out of me, anyway, is quite remarkable, quite lovely. Well, he gave a fantastic performance. And somebody was saying at one of the Q&As in Boston that what they actually particularly liked about that story is that it started off with no dialogue at all, and everything was on his face. You just, you, right. you know what I mean? You were seeing everything in his face, and you allowed his face to tell you the story before you really got into the story. It's true. So and I did that. I did that a lot with the. I have a lot of some of the stories open with a little montage. Sometimes the montage is in the, is it, it two minutes into it, so that you're you you don't know when you're getting what you know how much how much of this story for you liam and and again maybe this goes back to the how much of you is in it but isn't this really to to some degree um um kind of about memory as well uh that seems to to be my yeah my foster my foster i was fostered into a family in the west of ireland in galway uh, when i was three years of age i stayed there till i was 18 and my mother used to tell me stories and I used to bring those stories around Ireland and I was a storyteller and um, and then the first story that she told or the first short movie that I made in 95 96 was one of the stories that she told me and that kind of brought me into that if you know what I mean and then she she got dementia uh, so I was able to use a lot of you know that stuff uh, of dementia so I had an understanding of it and it can happen to somebody at any age. It can happen in your 40s. It can happen in your 80s. And it's just an extraordinary thing. And it's a terrible thing that particularly when you catch yourself losing your memory, you know. Um, so there is a lot of stuff in the movie that I would have seen and would have experienced. Um, and then just stuff I found really, really funny and I had to, I had to include, you know, like the, the, 
Um, I don't know. Actually, I actually don't even know what the, where we started with this question. Sorry, I went off. Well, on no, the you know where I started with it was just kind of the bracelet, really. You know, the importance of some things that we'd not, we not, you know, and, and and it's almost as if it's a, a throwaway this bracelet, and then you see it, and then that that takes you in a whole uh, down a whole other path. Right. Yeah. And well, it just, it's just, it just, it's, it, I studied, I, if you can't tell, I studied philosophy for years and, and I continue just right. to reflect on sort of existential questions about why we choose one path over another and hence the train tracks and why I find it a, you know, a wonderful metaphor in the road movie. And, you know, you kind of step into it, right. You got to step into it. You got to take risks and, and, and where's it going to well, lead? Sometimes you don't have to, sometimes you don't have to, you can leave things open, you know, mm. you can leave things ambiguous. I mean, I'm not going to say certain things that are in the movie where it's left to the audience yes. to sort of decide for themselves, which basically what that means is, and, and it's happened to me with both reading books and also watching movies, where I just, I fill in the blanks myself and I completely have a different ending to a movie or something. Right. And then I might watch that movie two years later and go, hang on a second, that's not in the actual movie. I made right. that up. Right, you know? right. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. Um, um, the other thing, one of the things I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about, I work in, I work in international development actually. And so this idea of kind of, you know, the little things making a big difference, you know, incremental change and splash and ripple, you drop the pebble in the pond, there's the metaphor, you know, everything you do makes a difference, right? Everything you do affects somebody else. I love, I love this scene. And I think, help me out here. Is it Sheila who, who goes to use the washroom and basically we don't know exactly what happens to her for, you know, uh, post event but this is a, this is a life-changing moment just because she chose to use the washroom at a fun at, at a funeral home uh yes no it wasn't sheila it was um it was the train inspector the train inspector um, thank you thank yeah, you yeah i'm trying to think of her character's name because i've got like 21 main characters um <laughs> right. moya it's her name is moya, moya yes name yes. Is moya. yeah so she yeah, she needs to use the toilet and yeah, it has. It may have life-changing repercussions for her, but again, you don't know. You know what I mean? So yeah, we won't. We won't say what's in that. And also another theme that I I have in the movie or want to in the movie is that you will see a character maybe do something really nice, and then you'll see them maybe another day do something that's maybe not so nice. Mm. And it just kind of shows you that there's two sides to everybody, and depends on when and how and where you come across somebody that. To one person, somebody might be extraordinary. To somebody else, that might just be ordinary or might just be terrible. You know. Any any of you in the wedding sequence? No, that story happened. Um, a friend of mine, one of her work colleagues, um, apparently decided that um, she was hitting thirty and she wasn't going to wait around any longer. And she had a particular venue in mind, and she really wanted to get married. And she gave herself a year. And uh, I won't say what happened, but. Yeah, not everybody in that party of her life knows uh, that venue was chosen beforehand Funny, before he was found. What are the funniest yeah. lines for me in the whole film? And it, and it wasn't rude to shag my flatmate? That's got to be one of the funniest lines in the film. Yes, yes. And I wondered if Americans would get get that word, what they would know what that meant, well, Americans this, and Canadians. This Canadian got it, that's for sure. We call that in the business a laugh out loud moment, Liam. Yeah, it's not a shag tobacco. It's yeah, a shag. Yeah, exactly. Well, he says, I, I thought it'd be too rude to uh, skip your table at the speed dating, and she says, but it wasn't too rude to shag my flatmate. <laughs> so, it's the best. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the labor of love. Five or six years to shoot this. You must have at a few points thought, 
this is just never going to happen. How, how, how well, can... halfway through it, when I didn't have any money at certain points, I was expecting money to come in from, for different jobs that I was doing because I paid for the movie myself. Wow. And um, at one point, I had done like three of the stories uh, or, and I had four more to do. I started off with ten stories and only five of them ended up in the movie and two new ones wow. sort of evolved while we were in that process of the five years. Um, so I would do one to two stories every year um, over a five-year period and would pretty much come back for the same four days every year with the crew and some of the, and some of the cast would come back. Um, and, and that's really how it was. And yeah, it's, 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 it's something that's very, very difficult to do because you don't know. It could fall apart at mm-hmm. any point. You know, it could fall apart and, and you're left with... I mean, I did think, you know, if it falls apart, I will be left with, with a few short movies that I can send out. But that wasn't really the aim, was to try and put a feature together. And, you know, as well, I didn't know until I went into the editing with the last segment that we shot, which was the first segment. It was only then that I physically put them into the timeline together in the editing suite and sat and watched the whole thing and went, yeah, it works. I think it works. Fantastic. I didn't know if that was going to, you know, if it was going to come together. Because you're watching things in isolation, you know. Do you have an? Do, you know, it, sadly, we're going to have to wrap wrap up the conversation here in a couple of minutes. But I just I wanted to ask you, as a storyteller, filmmaker, and so on, do you do you have? Hmm, did you have this idea of what Lost and Found was going to be going in, and how different is it coming out? Like you just said in the editing suite, I didn't realize it until you know you had that aha moment, and 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 you brought it together in a particular way. I mean, it's just an interesting. I mean, I guess any art, right? I mean, it's it's. I not, did and I didn't. I did. Mm. And it's such an Irish phrase. I did and I didn't. I knew that I wanted a collection of stories about people and people that you wouldn't normally necessarily see. Um, and I wanted to have a theme in it, right? And I wanted it to work. At at worst, that it would work as a a program of short movies around a theme, and at best, that would work as a feature film with interconnected stories. No, that make that makes sense. You said you said too earlier you didn't you don't like Bono as a preacher. Do you feel like as a storyteller? You have, you know, you have these thematic edges and moments and so on. Did, well, did you actually, have a message, go, you know? Let me go back on that, what I just said, because, uh, again, it, it comes back to this conversation I said, that you'll, get a different, you'll get somebody on a different day in a different way. Totally. It's not that I don't like him. There's only that, that the facet of, where, of him that gives out and that preaches to people I don't like. That doesn't mean that I don't actually like him as a person, if that makes sense. No, got it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. Yeah, no, I think that does make it's sense. It's one element. It's one annoying one. element. <laughs> right. uh, but we all have annoying right. elements. Of he course. just happens to have a world stage to annoy people. He, the rest of us just do it to certain people. That's people right. Look at us and go. I really don't like that. <laughs> what that person is doing today or tomorrow or thing. Yeah, no? just. For- so, sorry, your your question was... Well, no, my question message, was, yeah, it was kind of like like just this idea of intention as a writer, as a filmmaker. Did you go in with this message, with this theme? Hey, I want I want to tell people that, you know, we need to we need to step back. We need to listen. We need to spend time with people we meet at on a train. And isn't it wonderful? You know what I mean? Like, is was was that kind I did, of, but it was kind of, it was kind of inherent, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to tell stories like the equivalent of short uh, stories in a, a collection of short stories in a book. They always have their own, you know, they all, they're, they're all about one 
particular theme or they're about one person or about something and you can jump from story to story and you don't know what you're going to get in the next one you know and I kind of wanted to do that and I kind of knew that that's you know that was going to happen inherently but when you or when you make a short movie you might go to a film festival and you'll watch a program of shorts and you just don't know what you're going to get right. some of them you like some of them you don't like some of them, so yeah. that was really more than i wasn't trying for i was trying to have a message about people and people caring about each other but i think that kind of happened anyway by the stories that i chose to tell even if I didn't want to have that message, it probably would still come across. Yeah, it's, I, I just think that's so lovely about writing and art and film and, and why it's such a wonderful uh, way to express yourself, but also to step into other people's lives. Um, hey, you've been called a maverick movie maker, Ireland's most maverick movie maker. Um, is that a, is you've, that uh, a, you've been doing your research, I, uh, David. I have. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment, Liam? No, no, that's fine. Maverick is, uh, I mean, people look, sometimes look down on people who are mavericks, but I think mavericks are fantastic. I think it's wonderful. In any, uh, you know, sort of uh, way of life, because, you know what I mean, it's, it means that you're not towing the normal line. Exactly, If yeah. everybody did the same thing, you wouldn't get change. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm necessarily going that's to good. make change happen, but you don't get that. You'll have filmmakers doing, emulating each other all the time, telling the same stories. And sometimes you need somebody to say, well, let's try something a different way. The same thing in politics, the same thing in business, the same thing in many other areas. You need to have somebody that says, okay, I want to do it this way. And, and then everybody said, no, you can't do it that way. And you say, why? Because, well, everybody else does it this way. But why not? And it's the only way that you get, you get something, people to see things from a different perspective. That's good. Hey, just before we wrap up, and you're going to hopefully tell me where the film is uh, playing in the near future, where you're heading, and maybe what's next. Why Mongolian throat singers? Because I just, I just thought it sounded really cool. I just wanted them to pick, <laughs> pick the most unusual yeah. sound and music that you could get. And it just it, it shows his character of how quirky and how unusual and how deranged maybe he is and obsessed that he is with his pub that he just wants to bring to his non-existing customers something unusual and different so funny that's such a great line to his non-existing com- customers something unusual and different i've been to mongolia several times and and i've never okay. met a i've never met a throat singer yet that i didn't like how's that i've seen a documentary on one a friend of mine a guy that i met well he's not really a friend now because i only met him at a film festival 20 years ago and they were nominated for an oscar for a documentary about throat singing and that kind of stayed in my head and that's also the reason why i thought about it well, it definitely plays to the whole sort of, uh, you know, p- charming, playful, and, and, and uh, uh, what was the line? You just used the word deranged. I don't think I'm going to call Lost and Found deranged, but it's a, it's a lovely no, film. No, no, no. But let me, maybe beautiful... deranged is the wrong I, I, I correct myself there and said obsessed. Obsessed. There you obsessed. go. There you yeah, go. Yeah. What, what, honestly, what a, what a lovely film. Hey, Liam, just before we go, tell, tell us where people can see it and, and, and what's next. So it is uh, just been released in Boston, San Francisco, and Prince Edward Island in Canada. On the, that was the 22nd of March. It just came out there, and it's done really well. Um, and it's been held over in, in Boston and San Francisco. Um, and it's going to come back to Prince Edward Island because they program every two months. Um, then this weekend, it's on the 29th of March, it opens in New York City, Albany, New York, Toronto, Edmonton, and Calgary. And then after that, it opens in Chicago and Washington uh, on the 12th of April, then the 19th of April, Los Angeles and Long Beach. But also, 
there will be a Q&A, special Q&A screening, both in New York for the tw- on the 29th at the Kew Garden Cinemas, but on the 30th of, um, of March, I'm going to, ca- uh, to Toronto, and I'm doing a special Q&A screening, uh, at the 7 o'clock screening in, um, uh, no, the 6.45 screening. In uh, in the Carlton Cinema in in Toronto. That's, am- oh, that's amazing, and 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 then eventually, uh, I would imagine other other markets, but also video on demand at some point. Exactly, video on demand at the end of April as well. End, end so of April. Hopefully yeah, hopefully it'll stick around in cinemas up to that point. You know, uh, our windows are getting shorter and shorter in some ways, right, and in I'm some sure. ones they're they're too short. So this one's kind of a nice sort of two month period. You know. Well, listen, congratulations on a, on a lovely and, and funny and charming film, and, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. We've been talking to Liam Omakon here about his uh, new film, Lost and Found. Thanks so much for your time today, Liam. Thank you so much, David, and I enjoyed having a chat with you on your, on your program, on your podcast. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.